I've been fortunate to be surrounded by people who've taught me that I should spend more of my time in looking about how to make a positive difference. And, and I'm not, I've, I've always tried to, you know, it's not, not like I haven't made mistakes sometimes on, on, you know, making sure I do things in the right way. Um, I always hope that I can learn and get better. But I've definitely learned a lot from being around some amazing people who seem to give an immense amount of themselves um, to other people. Welcome to episode 49 with Marcus Axel. Marcus is a really nice guy. He's also an angel investor, business founder, and charity trustee. We talk about how starting and eventually selling a digital agency in London dramatically changed his life. The conversation starts with his current business, the one he's working on right now, up and to the right. It's focused on helping other startup founders. It's a really good episode for people who want to understand how an angel investor thinks. Enjoy. Purpose Deep Podcast, speaking with social entrepreneurs and charity founders and leaders. People who are making the world a better place. Here's your host, Mark Longbottom. Uh, up and to the right is, I suppose it's what it's based on is trying to help more founders succeed. That that that's the pitch line, you know, uh, of, of what we're doing. We through you know the number of investments that I make and the work that we do on advisory, we see many people with the same issues and challenges um, yet the advice some of the advice that's out there you know the typical if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have access to you know great networks of people as, as a lot of them don't um, a lot of the advice can be a little bit sparse you know and, and, and we see a lot of people about to make the same mistakes and typically we can get them in person we can help them avoid a lot of them. Not least because we've made most of them before ourselves. We're trying to codify into product, which is a suite of tools, um, guides, some video guides, you know, all the kind of things that you could, if you're an entrepreneur and you're building your business, you know, you've done your, your nine to five job and you're working, you know, on your, on your new business idea at night, you know, you can log on at 11 o'clock you know, and use the tools rather than having to wait to speak to somebody. And one of the key attributes that you see in founders and the successful ones, and the, and also do you see where people go wrong and, and what are the commonalities of that? I think, you know, most of when, uh, certainly as, a, as an angel investor, most of what I'm backing at the stage that I back people is, is you're backing the person, you know, because, because, you know, businesses and ideas change through the process of building them. And so, you know, most, certainly a large part of, of it for me, when I'm first talking to somebody is, is getting an idea that you want to go on a journey with this person. You know, can you, um, 
what are their values? I think that, that that's that's always a very important bit to me. Are they somebody who's going to build a company that that motivates a team? Um, you know, so I'm always looking for those components of capacity, humility. Um, it certainly takes an immense amount of courage to build a business because even the success stories typically have got an immense amount of hard work behind them. So I think yeah. that, that, that those kind of things, but, uh, but definitely somebody who I couldn't invest in a business, uh, even no matter how idea, great an idea just for the money. Yeah. Cause a lot of the investments, there's a kind of greater purpose to them. Um, but, but stick, stick into the, the kind of human being that you're partnering with investing in are there people who you invested in and you weren't sure about and they proved you wrong or is there times when people have surprised you and you know on the investor journey um no i'm constantly surprised about the the capabilities the amazing capabilities of some of the people that that I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to get involved with. But most of, most of what interests me about the business in the first, at the first point is the people themselves. So, you know, typically they, you know, I'm excited in those first interactions. You know, there, there's, you know, there's a spark to the conversation, you know, that, you know, Sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they can be a bit, you know, challenging, challenging me on my ideas, you know, and the things that I've got to say that, that, that certain rigor about not leaving, you know, just seeing as, as, as an investor, you know, and it's just about money. They've got to agree with everything I said that, you know, I, I like people who will, you know, give you a bit of challenge back on your opinions. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's that spark in the conversation and, Sort of making a, a judgment about, you know, is this somebody I want to spend time with? And do you, you bring money and skills um, to the party, and you you get quite involved? Like, how much input do you give? <laughs> I, I try to be helpful. I think, um, you know, using you know, as we talked about before, the the. the number of mistakes that I've made, you know, and helping them spot those before they make the same ones. Um, you know, using using the network, I think, is another. Um, but particularly one of the things I say to, to all my companies now is the most important thing that they can do when I've made the investment is forget about the money. So, you know, treat me as somebody who's there to help. So, you know, I, I take quite a few calls late on a Friday evening and people are worried about things. And what, what I try to do is, is ensure that they don't, they're not reticent to call me because I'm somebody who's given them money. Because if I can be there yeah. for when it's hardest, then I can, I always feel like I can make, that's when I can make the biggest difference.
tell me about Climate Invest. That really stood out. A guy called Duncan Gresson is the founder. You know, for me, it's about doing interesting things with, with people you love that at least have the potential to make the world a better place. Yeah, 100%. Um, and Duncan was just one of those, you know, it was, okay, yeah, the flow of money makes sense, but, but um, I really enjoyed those, those early interactions with, with Duncan and, and how he was thinking about it, but, but particularly also how, you know, I felt that he listened and took on board ideas really well, and I thought that was a really good trait for for how he was approaching the business um and so yeah i'm still i'm still very involved with with, with climate and you know, duncan and i um we, we talk pretty regularly um not not least sort of late in the evening on whatsapp when he you know he gets a spare moment um so yeah i think i think that more and more people are going to be interested in where their money goes you know if, I, if i'm investing where you know where are those where's that money being placed is it you know is it in you know uh building defense companies is it in tobacco is it is it in things that damage the environment i think i can only see that becoming i think about my my kids and you know and my daughter you know at 17 is very becoming extremely uh, let's call it politically aware, um, those things are important to her. Do you mind me asking how you ended up being an angel investor and how you, how you made the money to be able to do that? Yeah, I, the, the, the first business that we built that, that Nick and I, along with our business partners, uh, Martin um, and, and Jason, who, Jason, who we unfortunately lost to cancer during the journey of, you know, building that business. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, it was, um, yeah, we, evidently I'd, I'd, I'd said to my mum when I was 13, I was going to start my own business. Don't remember saying it, but evidently I did. Um, and so I'd always had that thing that I, that I had to give something a go, but because I didn't have any, I didn't have any reference points for what is a business or how do you start one or what does that look like? Um, I'd gone into a corporate career originally, um, which I really enjoyed actually. I mean, I don't look back and go, oh, mm. so glad to have been out because I met, uh, I worked with some, some really great people and had some amazing experiences um, in those times. Learned a great deal. Um, you know, probably a lot of the skills that, that, that then helped me sort of go on and, and build something later. Uh, but we built a digital agency. I think we, we started an agency really by mistake. I thought we were building an internet company, a technology company. Um, but because I didn't understand how businesses scaled and, you know, what technology business, like you were meant to scale them with software. So that the marginal cost of growth is small. I started a business that required people to scale, you know, it's a services business. In the slightest bit cognizant of that. Um, uh, and what was that when, called? When we started, it was called Blue Barracuda. Um, and so and we that was built based that in up. London? Yeah, based in London, built it up between 2003 and sold it in 2011. 
and that released a life-changing amount of money or well to, well to me um in, in general schemes of you know technology exits and that you know it it it, it wasn't you know the sort of enormous sums that you hear about but it was enough to make me you know you know i think when you've been lucky enough to have a kind of exit it becomes it, it's just about freedom of choice i think mm. having a bit more freedom of choice about what you do and how you spend your time and so for me do you remember the day that, the deal went through yeah yeah like it was yesterday i remember going to i think i've still got the i've still got the pen somewhere that i used to sign the document i remember we went and had an an italian meal with the cfo from the other side who was a lovely guy um but I think we were also battered and tired from the process of getting everything across the line. We, <laughs> I think I went home at about eight in the evening with, and was probably asleep 15 minutes after I got home. Yeah, adrenaline, I guess. <laughs> did you have to stay in the business yeah. and we'd keep working within the business or did you guys walk so, yeah, out we stayed, away? We, we merged it in with the mm. sort of the UK operations of, of, of the brand, which was called Graft FCB at the time, big advertising brand from New York. Um, uh, and we merged it in with them in there. It was their offices in Victoria. And again, we, I had a great time because we were the people that we were dealing with at that business on a day-to-day -day business were just great people. You know, and, and, and in fact, some of them are still really dear friends of mine today. So, again, you know, you don't, to a certain extent, you know, when you're, you're in the process and, you know, they, they want to buy you and you want to sell to them, you, you can't be certain about what those relationships are like, um, in, you know, in the final delivery on a day-to-day -day basis. But I, I felt we were very fortunate with the people that we got to do we stayed sort of another two and a half years and then they bought another business which they merged in and kind of those those guys then sort of took over the running of the of the sort of that main london office and so it was that at that point 2014 that i started angel investing although i'm not i'm not sure it was i knew i knew it was called that at that point i just i just people said oh you should meet this person they're starting a new business um and the opportunity to invest in some of those businesses came up. And the first person I invested yeah. in was a 17-year-old. Really? He was involved in 3D printing and creating connected products. Um, so that was, I should probably at some point go and check the date that I made the first investment. But I think that was, that was like 2013, 2014. I'm still invested in him today. Hey, I, spoke, I spoke to in fact i spoke to the founder on i spoke to him on tuesday um and he's still you know he's he's doing great things building connected products for huge for huge global companies um and and you know that journey with, with him he's a remarkable young guy um you know uh, you know to me he still looks about 12 but you know i know he's coming up sort of like 27, <laughs> uh, 27, 28. And, you know, that, that's been a fascinating journey. You know, and I've learned an enormous amount from him.
I was meeting interesting people who were, you know, trying to grow something and do it, you know, did I want to invest or not? And of all the businesses that you've invested in, yeah. what's been the most successful financially? Um, in terms of the one that has raised the most money, sort of gone on to the highest valuation, I invested in the first round of a business where I'd met the, I met the founder and then went to, they were running it out of a house in Barnet in North London. Um, and I went to see these guys. I'd, I'd named the founder a while and we'd have, been having quite a few concerts. I went finally to see where they were working out of. Um, uh, and they were working on, in some, on a new technology to make different types of computer games. And, and although I, I, I have to say, I wasn't entirely sure I knew, I understood the business. I was blown away by their intellectual energy. You know, they, they were really interesting people to spend time with. And so I invested in the first round in that business. Um, and four years later, they raised $500 million from SoftBank. Wow. So that's, in terms of outright, you know, company achieving scale and valuation and, and sort of raising money. And they're still, you know, they're still motoring on there. They still speak to, don't speak to, to them quite as much because I think they've got about 800 people now. Um, but, but still do huge enjoy the time that we did spend together chatting. Um, so that, that probably was the most, I suppose, high profile in terms of reaching scale. Yeah. Um, and round one, is that, but, is that like friends and family investment? Is that what they often describe that as? That word, certainly that one, you would definitely describe that round wire investment. That was much more like that, yes. And do you typically go in at that point or do you sometimes, there's no, there's no rule, you'll, you'll go in round two or three? Um, it's typically earlier, but I mean, last year I did, I did a, a late stage investment, which was a series B. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it, it, in comparison to the size of the round, it was a pitiful, pitifully small check. But having met the founder, I couldn't not take the opportunity that they were giving me to go on a bit of the journey with, you know, with him. So that was that was Dan at Farewell. Um, what, uh, what do they do? So they make it, you know, they, they, they make it easier to create to create a will that's as the name says is is fair but they're in essence they're they're changing what it what what it feels like to deal with the things around death and technology based so uh yeah it's, it's broadly technology based it's making it easy to put a will together on uh, online but they're also sort of making it easier to sort of um to do cremations and funerals now and do it in a, in a different way, um, in a way that sort of um, is making more sense to people than just the traditional routes. Um, and, you know, I, I met Dan and we were due to talk for a, 
half an hour and I think probably close to two hours later we decided that we, there, were, there, there were things that we should be doing actually so um but <laughs> so it, it's not exclusively early stage but when I meet people like Dan it you know it, it, and there's the opportunity it, it, it always seems crazy not to not to go on on, on that journey with, with great people mm. and have have the investments um sort of quadrupled your wealth like in terms of that initial life-changing amount of money you got from the, the space business have the the, the the becoming an investor and and going down that route um in terms of as that's paid back financially certainly sounds like it's paid back in terms of the stuff that you've learned uh and and yeah, giving I mean, purpose it, to your lives life. yeah i mean it it, it it has definitely um Albeit, I think if you if you only do angel investing for the money, you probably want your head testing because it's the most bonkers asset class on the planet. You know, it's the highly. Is why is this fate, fate, fate lots of this fair amount of failures? Well, just you know, it's if you're going in at a very early stage for a high growth tech businesses, there's there's a potential, enormous potential for failure. Um, but also, even if it, the business is successful, the likelihood is your money is tied up easily for five years, probably seven to ten. So it's completely liquid. So uh, I feel fortunate to have done as well as I've done out of it. Um, but the fact that I've made a return feels more like luck than judgment because it most of the return has come from the things I did earlier. It's quite you know, you know, quite naturally. And definitely when I made those investments, I didn't have the first clue what I was doing. You know, my yeah. success or not as an angel investor is probably better judged by sort of my more recent investments where I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, so so I, think, I think only time will tell as to whether I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at it overall. I feel fortunate that I've done well so far, but I think like, like most things, um, sort of what I've been able to achieve in the past is no guarantee of future success. So you're a trustee of the charity Hello World, and I actually had the founder, Katrin McMillan, on a previous episode. Tell me about that. So... I knew the difference that one individual in education can make to people's lives. Because, you know, my mum was the kind of person where ex-pupils and parents would stop us in the street to thank my mum for what she'd done. Yeah, which I always think teachers are really lucky to have in their lives, eh? Like, some um, generations as well. Because that's what Hello World, education charity, isn't it? Hello World and... It's about connectedness as well to content yeah. people in I mean, very far-flung parts it, of the world. It's it's you know it's it's a it's you know it, it's Catherine taking Sagata Mitra at his word when he said, "Help me build a school in the cloud." So most people look at that and go, and "That's a great idea." Catherine, the kind of person who looked at that and go, "Yeah." Hell yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 got on and did it. Um, 
so I think you know education had always been you know important to you seeing the mm. yeah it, it, yeah but you know my you know my mum she was a single mum she worked all day came home looked after us and then you know prepared everything for her kids between you know for the kids in the class between sort of nine and midnight every day and, you know and also you know she she's somebody who who's given an immense amount of herself to other people not not just to to us or, or the kids that she taught but but everybody around her so um meeting Catherine and and you know having the sense of what she wanted to do um for for some of the most underprivileged children on the planet seem you know and and of course you've met you've met Catherine so you know how can you not want to be involved in that journey once you've met her it's been a real pleasure connecting and thanks for joining purposely podcast appreciate it thank you mark it's, it's been great to chat to you um yeah keep in touch thanks for listening to purposely podcast i hope you like what you're hearing please subscribe and leave a review Thank you.